This is Melissa Fordlocken. Rosalie Petrowski. Susan, Seraph, and Jess. Editors for the Washington Square Review. Washington Square On Air showcases the poetry and fiction of the latest edition of LCC's literary journal, The Washington Square Review, read by the poets, authors, and editors themselves. Expect the unexpected as our contributors express experience and fantasy with humor, imagination, poetic license, irony, and passion. If you love language at its most original, please join us in our audio town square to celebrate a community of writers spanning from around the world to Lansing. Hi, this is Melissa Ford Luckin, editor for the Washington Square Review. I'm here today with Erin Fisher, one of the authors from our most recent issue. We're going to talk about her piece, I Can't Win and I Can't Get Out, and other writerly things. Thanks for joining us today, Erin. Thanks so much for having me. Tell us a little bit about your piece. What was going on in your life when you wrote it? Gosh, there was so much going on. A lot of it was really centered around uh, therapy. I uh, was kind of like in the middle of dealing with a lot of the aftermath of an apartment fire that had happened in my building at like basically the most inopportune time possible. And um, I was really struggling with housing insecurity. And I had sort of gone into this really deep psychoanalytic work and it kind of like all was coming to a head at once. And I was in like, I thought I was in more of like a safe place to kind of like unravel, but then everything around me kind of like unraveled at the same time. And um, so I was just kind of all over the place for a while. Yeah, that's kind of like the high level picture of what was going on. That sounds incredibly difficult. Talk a little bit more about the fire. How did that affect you as a person and as a creative person? It was very jarring. It was the kind of thing where it was really unexpected. It was caused by somebody else in the building who drilled into a gas pipe, then called a plumber. It seems like it kind of spiraled out of control really quickly. And so it was the kind of thing where it was like, you know, one day everything is is normal and then the next day everything is like completely ruptured and it was really um I think at first I I really went into like a lot of shock and was kind of just in survival mode trying to figure out basically literally how I was going to survive um and it opened me up I think creatively in a lot of ways but then I went through a lot of like ebbs and flows just kind of like emotionally how I went through a lot of ups and downs kind of as the whole thing was playing out um I feel like creatively my cadence kind of followed where I'd have periods of um just really prolific writing um where I could sit down and like a thousand words would just like come pouring out. But then other times I wouldn't feel like I had anything to really say for weeks. And so it was very like uh, lots of highs and lows and like vacillation. So it was very chaotic, I would say. 
hearing you talk about your experience helps me understand your piece quite a bit more because the piece is fairly abstract. And I think that when people read it, different people are going to get different meanings from it. And I think that's one of the strengths of it. It's really interesting and unique that way. I'm going to ask something and I think other people will wonder about, did you lose many of your objects? Yes and no. It's kind of a, a weird answer. Um, the fire largely, the damage was like structurally for the most part. And um, I sort of came into it like after they had put it out. Um, that's when I kind of like, I was coming home and like 30 minutes ago they had put out the fire. And so my objects were largely untouched. There was a couple areas um, where, cause they had to break into our apartment. And so there was a couple areas like of destruction and it was in the walls and the ceiling. So they had to like put a hole in the ceiling. I didn't lose that much, but I ended up kind of losing everything because um, a lot of it just like was going to be too hard to salvage or a lot of, especially like a lot of my clothes and things like that were damaged from the smoke and the fumes and a lot of it just like wasn't worth taking. And I also didn't really like have a place to go for a while. I was, I lived in a hotel for a while and then I was house sitting for a while. And um, luckily I had renter's insurance. And um, so I was able to get claim money for virtually everything and like the cost and the hassle of like putting stuff in storage um, and kind of doing that whole process seemed like it would be more trouble than it was worth. And so kind of, yeah, like I kind of ended up losing like almost everything. Um, there were some clothes I was able to, cause I, I really like clothing a lot. And those were some of my most prized possessions when there were some things I was able to kind of save um, or some things I got like heavily dry cleans that I was able to get the fumes out of um, that I wanted to hang on to. But yeah, so I kind of ended up losing a lot, actually. It sounds incredibly disruptive, not just for your possessions and your like your safe space, but just your sense of well-being and security. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. What <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, what city were you in? New York. Okay, because I you've lived several different places, right? I have, yeah. Um, most of my adult life has been in New York and like in New York, even I've lived in many different apartments as a lot of people do, but yeah, I've lived, I've lived in Texas for a while. I've lived, most of my adult life has been like Texas, Ohio and New York. And then I had a period where I also kind of like traveled and lived nomadically, um, which was really fun. Uh, but yeah, that was kind of even the weird thing. Like this particular apartment was like probably the best one I've lived in, in New York. And just like all things considered, it was like, I was planning to hold on to it for a long time. Um, and just like the whole, and we had like, uh, just signed on to live there for another year. And like all of that happened like right afterwards. And the housing market here is like, astronomically expensive anyway but then since around that time in 2022 it's been unprecedented as far as like the price increases um and so it was also kind of like the worst possible time to be 
displaced like that. So, um, yeah, but it was in New York. I'm interested to hear a little bit about the different places you've lived and how they've shaped you as a writer. How does that moving around and living in different places and especially the nomad lifestyle, that sounds really intriguing. Yeah, it was so much fun, but it was very chaotic also kind of in a lot of ways. And I think it's made me, I feel like I'm, I'm in motion a lot and there's been very few periods where I've been just kind of like grounded in one place. And I think that movement is really helpful to the creative process in general and like has made me like really prolific and there's a lot of downsides I think also of like of not like being super grounded at the same time but I think my own experience and even like talking to other writers and creators a lot of times stagnation is really what causes a creative stifling and so I think being so uh transient has really prevented that from happening to me because I'm I've always kind of been moving and not really like stuck into one particular place for too long. Texas seems like it would be quite different from New York, (laughs) Ohio kind of in the middle. So um, that does that do the contrast of the different locations that you've spent time in? Does that help you with your writing? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I always feel like different aspects of my personality or even just like subconsciously of my like thoughts and feelings and behaviors will kind of change depending on where I am. And I think that's just natural because you tend to kind of assimilate into the environment you're in. I think it's hard to like, I think qualify exactly like how that happens, but I think being in places where there's a little bit more quiet and stillness, um, not as much like movement going on because like in New York, it's yeah, everything is, you know, go, go, go all the time. And I like in Texas, especially there's a lot of stillness and calmness, lots of like space. Um, I feel like that like expansiveness really has come through in the times that I've been there. Um, in Ohio might be like somewhere in the middle, kind of like you said. So I definitely think where I am and like the environment I'm in definitely impacts my writing and my creative process and the kind of things I'm thinking about and exploring for sure. So do you plan to stay in New York then for a while? I do. There was a period where I thought about maybe relocating and I actually did go back to Texas for a little bit in the winter and New York is also really miserable in the winter. So um, it was nice to kind of get away from that. But um, I think ultimately I feel like this, it really is my home and anytime I go somewhere else I end up kind of missing New York and I haven't had that same kind of experience I think otherwise where it's such a constant and I do also really I think enjoy the chaos in a lot of ways and that lifestyle is a little bit more like normal here (laughs) and conducive Um, and there's just something about it that just feels uh, like it fits me. And so, um, I do, I, I do not have plans, uh, to leave New York. Let's imagine someone's thinking about visiting New York and they want to do the errand things. What would you suggest they do? Oh my gosh. Well, I would definitely say go to as many museums and galleries and exhibitions as you can. There's so many 
And I've actually kind of been on a quest this year to, um, like, I have, like, a whole list, and I'm trying to go to as many as possible because there's so much culture and history and things you don't even realize um, that are, like, right in front of you. Definitely go to The Strand, one of the most famous bookstores, and for a reason, um, I think it's iconic and anyone local or not um, should go. Um, I think you have to go to many different parks, of course, like Central Park's very iconic, but also like Prospect Park. And even in Queens, there's a really nice park called Flushing Meadows that has this famous like world sculpture. If, if I showed you a picture, you've probably seen it before. You also have to, um, you have to have coffee in as many places as possible. <laughs> I'm always like, <laughs> I'm such a- Can you name like, a couple in particular? Oh, yeah. So Stumptown is really good. Um, Think Coffee is one of those places where it's not amazing, but it's super reliable. And it's like a local chain and they're open to like 10 p.m. and they have tons of space. Gosh, I also really love Say Coffee, uh, which has won an award from like the Food Network. It's really, really good. I feel like I, it, it's so funny how like when somebody asks you to list them, you like start drawing a blank. <laughs> um, yeah. But those, those like few even um, are really good. The coffee here is unmatched, although it's also like $7 uh, a cup. So. <laughs> so you have to pick wisely. <laughs> exactly. And theater. What about theater? Oh, you know, I'm not a big theater person, which I know is like, is, probably shocking and I actually grew up doing theater but maybe that's why um I mean you really can't go wrong I would say do something off Broadway um because there's there's so much that like is out there that's like underappreciated and that's like a fifth of the price of going to a Broadway show but is like just as good if not maybe even better in a lot of cases and like more original um, and seeing something like Hamilton or something like that, that like everyone goes to see. Okay. So it sounds like on the Aaron tour, we probably won't go to the theater. Probably what, not. <laughs> what about soundtrack? If we were going to have a soundtrack, is there any particular music we should listen to while we're walking to the coffee yeah, shops and the museums? Yeah. Like I don't necessarily have like specific artists or like tracks, but I think um, you have to do like some kind of like Spotify, like, Either I love doing like a their playlists that are sort of like upbeat pop. I feel if you want to feel like you're in like Sex in the City or something like that, I feel like that will like get you that vibe. Um, or if you want to just feel like a little bit more raw and kind of gritty, um, some kind of like hip hop or like doing like a anything from like Jay Z is great for that. Um, especially if you like are in Brooklyn. All right, let's switch gears and talk a little bit about your writing. Do you use music okay. while you're writing? What's your process? I do. It, it does change. I think sometimes I find the music distracting. I've read research about this, and um, scientifically speaking, the best thing to do is to listen to music that has no lyrics in it, because um, you actually will be more productive than if you're listening to silence, but it's when you have a lot of lyrics that uh, you can get more distracted. So I will a lot of times put on just some kind of like mood track that like doesn't have lyrics or doesn't have many 
Um, and especially if I'm trying to like induce a particular feeling, um, I'll try to kind of like go accordingly to that. But sometimes I, I flout those rules and I will just kind of listen to something that I really enjoy to try to like get myself kind of like in the mood or just kind of like, okay, like it's time to kind of like turn my brain on. And then sometimes I, I like to actually write, and this is something I love about New York because I feel like people don't really do this in other places is actually like taking my laptop and just like going like to a park or something like that. And I, in like, it's very normal here and just kind of like being like amongst the people or like a coffee shop or something like that too is great. And just kind of like having the background noise of life around me. Cause I feel like that. Um, I do think sometimes if it's too quiet, uh, my mind will just kind of wander and I find it easier to focus if there's like some kind of background, but that's something I do also. And I think it does actually help me focus. Do you typically work on more than one project at a time or are you a one at a time kind of person? I'm a dabbler in, in, in life in general. That's yeah. I tend to go between a lot of different things. I feel like it's less efficient probably, but it's very hard for me to just be working on one singular thing and kind of not get into anything else. How do you know when you're done with something? Oh, that's such a good question. I think it's just a gut instinct. I think you feel it. There's just, I feel like this, almost like this punch, but like not painful, like, but just this like almost punch in my gut that's like, that's it. And that's, that's, such a scientific method, I know, but that's uh, <laughs> that's how I feel I like, like it. Done. <laughs> so I when you have something that trust your intuition, when you have something that's done, how do you go about deciding where to send it? Oh, I, it, I think it depends. Sometimes I will actually see like a call for submissions or something and be like, oh, I should you know write something about this, and so it's already kind of an aspect of the writing process is kind of thinking about where to send it. But other times um, it's just something you write something and then you decide to share it with the world. So I um, have a couple of different websites and kind of like listservs that have different calls for submissions that a lot of times, like I will kind of search through topically and see like, is this a place I think would try to sort of almost like matchmaking like the piece like to the to the submission opportunity and feel like okay is this something that kind of like goes with the vibe that is like what they're looking for is like the right genre word count all of that stuff and a lot of times too I really will just kind of fly by the seat of my pants and like just kind of do what feels right like if I feel like this piece would be great in this publication or I see a call for submissions and I'm like, Oh, you know, I, I wrote this thing recently that I think um, I really want to share. I'll just go ahead and submit it. That's cool. I like that. So it sounds like you're probably working on more than one thing at this moment, but what's your favorite (laughs) thing today (laughs) that you're working on? Oh, my favorite has got to be uh, the manuscript that I've written. I've, uh, I wrote most of it about two years ago. And I've been recently going through and doing a lot of edits. Um, I haven't touched it for a while. And so it's really interesting to like go back in kind of with fresh eyes. And it's amazing also how much you forget even of what you've written. 
that's got to be my favorite. And um, I've also, I'm in a few different kind of writers groups and um, I've gotten feedback from some people and everyone, because I think too, and it is sort of a memoir. And I think there's a thing where, um, I don't know, you think your life is so interesting. Um, and it, and, and there's a question of, is this actually something someone would want to read or like, is there something valuable here or is this just interesting to me? And everyone that I've shared it with has had really positive things to say. I mean, I don't think someone would probably say like, this is garbage to my face, but you know, I mean, I think, you know, like, um, you can tell, you can tell exactly. And, and I've almost been surprised at like how, positively it's been received and uh, everyone has been really encouraging with continuing to work on it and thinking it can go somewhere and so I have really high hopes for it and I am really proud of it and so that's that's got to be my favorite. That sounds great. If readers want to stay in touch with you and watch for this manuscript when it makes its way out into the world where can they find you? They can find me mostly on Instagram at enigmatically Erin. I also have a little Instagram blog that I run where I document different coffee shops and breweries and books and bagel shops that I read. That also is on the Aaron tour is like getting a, a New York bagel, um, which is at bagels, books and brews on Instagram. Um, and you can also find me on Twitter at Aaron Fisher eight, although I'm not super active on Twitter. Um, if you would like to stay in touch. Great. Well, thanks a lot for coming and talking to us today. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for listening to our talented poets and authors. Until next time, this has been Washington Square On Air. Where we showcase selections from Lansing Community College's literary journal, The Washington Square Review, a publication featuring writers from the Great Lakes State, across the nation, and around the world. To find out more about the Washington Square Review, visit lcc.edu slash WSR. We hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed sharing.